thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. So we've been asking, what gets you up in the morning? Is it uh, a large cup of coffee? Is it absolute fear? Is it the bills? Is it multivitamins? What makes you go, this is my passion for the day? Or is it simply passion that makes your day? Someone says, Emma Kaya says, the mere fact that I'm alive is enough. And um, Star Shalale from Lady Brands is what gets me up in the morning is firstly a lust for life and secondly music as I'm a singer and a songwriter. Star, why don't you send us your song via WhatsApp and uh, if uh, we can, we'll play a few seconds of it. As you know, thought leaders, storytellers and griots, we go to stories that may not have caught the front page of the news, but they're stories in the last week that we thought, hey, that's really valuable and that really does talk to who we are as South Africans and how we engage with the rest of the world. And this is a project called the Archive of Kindness. It's a platform that was created to record the kind deeds holding South Africa together during this extraordinary time. On the line, we have Senior Lecturer in Anthropology at the Northwest University, Dr. Jess Auerbach. Dr. Auerbach, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Thanks for having me. What a pleasure to have you on the line to talk about a wonderful project like this. But before we even get there, Jess, what got you up this morning? Ah, speaking to you, of course. Oh, but they got to be more in life. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm all for, for cycling and writing this morning, isn't I Okay, well, we want to hear all about an archive of kindness because that is just a lovely, lovely idea in a time which, as I said earlier on in the show, which has been filled with many deep cuts. Mm. Tell us about it. So, yeah, this project began um, when when lockdown was announced so suddenly. It was partly from a, a personal experience where uh, I and my partner were supposed to move and, and couldn't and then suddenly found ourselves pretty, uh, not, uh, not quite homeless, but almost in a really precarious situation. And one of our neighbors just offered us a house. She didn't, uh, was a, a new neighbor for where we were moving, and we had nowhere to go, and she didn't know our last names and just gave us the keys and said she was spending lockdown with her brother, uh, and we should move in. And that was a really profound experience at a personal level. It just kind of showed how, with the, the speed at which lockdown happened, I think many people were left in, in complicated lurches. Um, and, and sort of based on that experience, I really started to think, how are people adjusting to this? And... and how are people plugging the many gaps that were very rapidly emerging? And so started paying quite a lot of attention to um, other people's experiences in our circles and uh, social media and so on. And just started a kind of informal record that I, I started putting up on a blog that rapidly grew and now has um, many hundred uh, stories in it. And uh, I'm now teaching, using it as a basis of a course with graphic design students at the Northwest University and part oh. of their task for... Uh, this next few months is to really expand the archive because I, I still live in Cape Town, so the archive is, has a sort of localized Cape Town focus, and it's been fantastic working with these students all over the country to start recording these extraordinary stories where everyday people are filling in the gaps um, to support one another through these times. You know, what, what's, what's powerful about this as well is you talk about your personal experience of being on the receiving end of someone who was ostensibly a stranger. You didn't know her well at all. But on yeah. the, being on the receiving end of her kindness. Yeah. And I think that there's something to be said there where someone says, I don't know you, but you are, you are human and this is my humanity. 
And maybe you could just describe some of those kinds of stories that you've experienced. Yeah, I mean, the record has been uh, enormous and, and very varied. I think we've really seen reflected in the archive the, the hunger of the country right now. And a lot of the stories are about people um, just giving food in different ways and helping redistribute food. And again, when, when government hasn't been able to, to reach certain communities or certain spaces, um, the action there. But there's also been this amazing process of, of people who wouldn't typically be connected or seeing one another really starting to recognize humanity. And, and I think the community action networks have, uh, across the country have been an incredible source of that because suddenly people who were otherwise very busy in their own lives and, and perhaps not uh, grounded in, in the communities around the areas where they live, having to spend more time in those spaces and really having to see neighbors and think through what are my neighbors or the people across the road or the people across the, the suburb um, mm. feeling and experiencing um, has been amazing. And, and so I think there's, there's that aspect of just seeing one another that has been really powerful. And the thing that I've loved the most are the stories from children, because many children have submitted um, oh, both amazing. their personal experiences of kindness and the things that they've been doing. And so a couple of kids have written in and just said the best thing about lockdown was that my parents were home. And I thought that was really profound, that, that the presence of parents, even in these very stressful circumstances, um, really made a difference to many children. Um, and other children, of course, have set up all kinds of projects around the country to uh, support different people and to engage in their communities in different ways. And you think, like, wow, well, formal schooling may have been interrupted. And I think the previous guest uh, had really important insights with that. There's also this experience where, where for many, there's been a, a real-world learning that yeah. I hope will shape the kind of future citizenry that we have in the country. So who sends in the story, the person who's received the kindness or the person who's given the kindness? They're interestingly both. Um, I've had a, a real range, and, and then now that the students are working on it, they're also asking questions through their network. So anyone can email in to archiveofkindness at gmail.com or send me a, a WhatsApp, um, and I can give my number a bit later. But it's been uh, interesting how I've had people from all over just write and say, this happened to me and I really wanted to be on the archive. And then others have said, I think, you know, people are, are, tend to be reluctant to come forward themselves, but I'll often have the brother of somebody or the mother of somebody who's quite proud of their action. And those people tend to write in as well, which is lovely. Jess, what has this uh, made you think about with regards to South Africans? So it's a very hopeful project. Uh, I think there's something that if every morning you read in your inbox, the ways people are helping one another and the ways that people are seeing one another and building communities that just didn't exist before lockdown, especially in kind of localized spaces of residence. Like people who mm. didn't know each other now are really understanding what others are going through. I think it's the kind of project that leaves one feeling really good about the future of the country. And given that it is a really hard time and that so many people are going through um, such challenging situations and experiences, it's a little bit of an antidote to some of that because it's, it's very hopeful, it's very profound in, in terms of the care that is being expressed. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, in closing, what, what I do love about it is this idea that um, this idea that we every day we get news and news as you say is very very hard and one doesn't want to be pollyannaish about the world because the news no. is hard we know that yeah. Yeah. and yet what you've really demonstrated is that it's not the only thing you know yeah. one doesn't need 
um, to we, yes, we need to hear the news, but we also yeah. need to hear the good things that people are doing and how they're doing it. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that that those kind of stories don't always have the clickbait that is that is sometimes needed for the, the news mechanism to drive. And I think it's really important that we have this focus on um, the gaps in the system and the problems and all of that. But at the same time, what's getting people through isn't necessarily waiting um, for government policy to change, but in the immediate moment of the everyday, it's what your personal experience is of this uh, process. And usually that's not defined by government ministers or politicians, mm. it's defined by your neighbours yeah. uh, and friends. And, and I think that focusing sometimes on that can just also shift the psychological impact um, as we process some of the uncertainty and some of the difficulty towards things. Like a lot is actually going really right in the country right now, and, and holding that in mind can be helpful. And uh, it's exactly what you're saying is what gets you up in the morning may not actually be a politician. And that's what we were talking about. <laughs> earlier. I was, I was um, surprised you can submit in any of the official South African languages or in French or Portuguese. Yeah, I think that's important because I think that if we keep the story only to English, it's going to be very limited in the kinds of um, narratives that emerge. And so uh, we've had some great stories from Angolans uh, living in South Africa. I speak French and Portuguese, so it makes it easier. Yeah. Uh, and, and in my circle of friends, I can certainly find speakers of all these official languages. So that, that does help. But I think as a kind of um, politics as well, it's really critical that we uh, all remember that kindness is happening across the country in all sorts of different ways, and, and certainly not only in English. And uh, so being open to that is, is critical. And we haven't had the kind of uptake uh, in stories uh, from the, the other official languages. For the most part, they still are mostly in English. But if people are interested in submitting, we would love to have more of that on the site. So if you want to enter and put in your information, if you want to tell a good story about kindness, and yeah. you want to send it to the Archive of Kindness, how do they get hold of you? Um, so they can either email archiveofkindness at gmail.com. Yeah. Or just send me a WhatsApp, it can be a voice note, uh, it can be a, a text on 062-328-1184. That's Dr. Jess Albach, Senior Lecturer in Anthropology at the Northwest University, 062-328-1184. If there's a story that you'd like to send her for the Archive of Kindness, and uh, it really does make me think about a wonderful book I once read recently about the Museum of um Memories, I think it was called. Nevertheless, it's a brilliant idea, and you may have experienced kindness. You may have been the person who was acting out in kindness, and if you were, then why not send Jess a WhatsApp message? And you can do it in any language in the country, or French or Portuguese, so your options are endless. What did you get up to this morning, or rather, what got you up this morning. What got you up this morning? We want to know. As Jess says, it's not necessarily a politician. It may be passion. It may be fear. It may be the bills. It may be multivitamins. It may be your partner. Who knows? Someone says this. Good morning to you, Michelle and the listeners. What makes me get up in the morning? Apart from the work that I do, I also write books. And I feel that my brain is so fresh and active in the morning. It's all I need to commence with my writing. So I get up at 5 every morning and I write from 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock. And thereafter, I prepare myself to leave for work. Thank you so much from Chapter 2. 
Brilliant. Getting up in the morning, writing, because that's when his mind is fresh. We want to know from you what gets you up in the morning, even after a week of hard cuts. It's 8 o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.